If you hate your current job, go find another job. But don't use that as a pretext to go start a business because you are running away from something. And in my experience, people who run away from something are unlikely to last in entrepreneurship. And that's because of a very simple reason. Entrepreneurship is harder than any job you would ever have. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on a very important topic. Um, and this really affects people who are just at that point where they are trying to make the transition from employment to entrepreneurship. It's a path I actually treaded on myself. And I get this question a lot of times, you know, um, I'm still working at a job and I need to make the move into starting my own business or running my own business. What are the things I need to consider? What are the things I need to keep in mind? And this episode focuses exactly on that topic. But before we delve right into the heart of this episode, it's important to realize that there is a growing wave of entrepreneurship across the world. And there are several reasons for this, but I'm going to give you three of the biggest reasons I think this is happening. Now, the first one is that jobs are no longer guaranteed. There used to be a time when um, you got a job and then you lasted on that job for 10, 20, 30 years. You even retired on that job. But these days, jobs are no longer guaranteed. And there are a, a range of reasons for this. Many companies are announcing layoffs and it's not just small companies. B uh, big blue chip companies are actually laying off thousands of workers. And it, it could be for automation because technology is playing a bigger role in businesses. It's making it possible to substitute human beings with machines or technology. It could be industry cycles. Within the past couple of years, an industry like the oil and gas cycle has been going through, you know, terrible times. And I know a lot of people in that industry who have lost jobs because the oil price has been low. It could be because of disruption. Maybe the industry has been disrupted by a new player. It could be a new startup or, you know, more or less the times have moved ahead. And of course, there's a common one, restructuring. When a company wants to restructure, maybe they're restructuring because they want to be more efficient or they want to be more focused strategically, whatever the reason is. Restructuring, consolidations, when your company has bought another company or another company buys your company, a lot of people are going to be laid off because some rules are going to be redundant. So the important thing to remember is that many of these things are out of your control. All you have is a job and the guys at the top are making the decisions and you are expendable. Unfortunately, that is the plain truth. You are expendable when it comes to all these decisions, you know, reasons why companies lay off people. So jobs are no longer guaranteed. Jobs are no longer secure like they used to be several decades ago. The second reason I think this is happening is that there's a greater need for income security. So these days, a take-home pay doesn't really take you home. 
you know so you see you start to see some people thinking about setting up a side hustle having a business on the side to supplement their salary or their primary income and of course these days um, wages have stagnated there's a there's been a trend of stagnating wages while inflation continues to rise and the cost of uh, goods and services and the cost of living continues to rise most people's wages and salaries have remained largely the same and this is not sustainable especially if you have serious bills to pay if you have a family to take care of you need to think of supplementing your income either through a side business or going full-time into business or whatever it is but bottom line is these days the so-called take-home pay doesn't really take a lot of people home and the third reason i think this wave of entrepreneurship is happening is that a lot of people are beginning to see the opportunity to be creative to be independent to build an asset you know of course from the moment you lose your job somebody else replaces you you know and it doesn't really matter how many years you've worked at that job maybe you could get some kind of severance package or gratuity or something but it's not an asset it's not something you can hand over to your kids it's not um, it's not really an asset something that um, that can be of value to you after you lose that job and of course some people are starting to think of their legacy you know what what am i going to live behind? what am i going to be remembered for uh, so there is of course a job is honorable there is nothing wrong with contributing your quota to um to the mission of a large organization but again it's not really your legacy it's not a job can't be your legacy you know so so some people are seriously thinking about their legacy how they can be more creative live life on their own terms and and things like that so that's why we're beginning to see different people contemplate the opportunity of starting something on the side or making a full transition from employment into entrepreneurship and this is a this is a topic that is close to my heart because i personally went through this i had to make the transition from employment to entrepreneurship at a certain time i loved the corporate world i loved the whole of course the prestige of a title you know, and then mentioning that whole thing about where do you work? What do you do? And then you mention the name of the big company or you say I work in oil and gas or you say I'm a banker or you say I'm an investment banker or you say I'm a lawyer or something. So there's that whole appeal that comes with that whole, you know, having that title and all that. In entrepreneurship, it's you're going to struggle with your identity for quite some time. You know, when people ask you, what exactly do you do? You know, you're going to struggle with that identity for some time, even though you are having fun and you would rather be in entrepreneurship than employment. But the identity thing is still is still a big um, issue. But by the way, the reason I did it, you know, centered around a couple of uh, reasons. And I'm going to share three of the main reasons why I personally did it. And my personal story is important because of the things I'm going to be sharing with you later on in this episode. So the first reason I did it was I thought I was a smart person. And, you know, I had a conversation with myself. If I'm really a smart person, then the market should determine my worth, not my boss. You know, when my boss determines my worth, that's monopoly power. That just one person, one company, one organization deciding how much to pay John Paul. But if John Paul is really worth much, then the market should be able to compensate him. That's exactly how it works. It's demand and supply. So I said, okay, if I if I am smart enough and I believe I'm smart enough, let me go out there and, and, and give myself a chance so that the, the market will put a worth 
on on my head the second reason i did it was i saw i i see myself as a multi-potentialite so that is a term used to describe people who cannot really be fit into one category one job you know so even though I had a job I loved, you know, was paying the bills, but I I knew I could do more. I knew I could do more. I knew I could be more than that job. I knew I could give more, you know. So that's that was always a conflict I had inside of me. I knew I was better than this. I knew I could be more than this. So I always saw it that I was settling for less. And of course, that didn't make me comfortable. So it was one of the main reasons why I decided to make the move. And then the third reason was I wanted to work on my idea. So one thing you find with a job is you have a bright idea or you see an opportunity. You have to run it with your with your boss. You have to run it to the person you report to. And it's up to that person to sometimes accept or reject or decline your idea. But it's my idea. But somebody else has to validate it. Why don't I let the market validate my ideas? Because in the market, if I have an idea, I can work on it today. I don't need anybody to validate my idea. You know, I can find out for myself if the, if the idea has potential. Why do I have to run it through some manager or committee or director or CEO or something? You know, if I really believe in the idea, I should have the right to work on it. But again, that's somebody else's field. If you want to work on your own ideas, you have to go and um, create your own field. So it was one of those things I wanted to, you know, work on my own ideas and work on my own terms. You know, I wanted to choose the type of work I do. I wanted to choose the location where I work from. I wanted to choose the relationships, the kinds of clients I work with and all of that. So there was a lot to do about choice and freedom. So there's a lot to do with that. I wanted the freedom of choice to do the kind of work I wanted to do. So for every for another person, it will be totally different. But these are my own personal reasons. And you're going to understand why your personal reasons are very, very important. You know, when I go into the next section and tell you and share with you some very, very important things. So that's really it about me. I wanted the market to determine my worth. I have always seen myself as a multi-potentialite and I wanted to do work that allows me to express my creativity and how I think and, you know, give me the opportunity to, to do more and be more. So now we're going to talk about the five things you must do before you quit. Now, looking at it from experience. So even since I personally went on that journey, I've worked with dozens of people who have made the same transition from moving from a job, from a full-time job into full-time entrepreneurship, running their own businesses and building the business of their dream. So looking at all of the things that have happened to me personally and looking at the things that, happened to, that have happened to the people that I've worked with, these are five very important things I would implore you to make sure that you do to reduce your chances of regret or failure and all of that. So it's very, very important. This is coming from experience. So the first thing you must do before you quit your job to go start or build a business is that you need to make sure you're running towards something and not running away from something. Now, this is deep. And I want you to listen to it again. Make sure you're running towards something and not running away from something. Now, I, the reason this is important is that when you ask most people who want to quit their jobs to go do something else or start a business, one common reason they give is that they hate their job. Now, let me break it to you. Hating your job is not a good enough reason 
to quit your job and go start a business. If you hate your current job, go find another job. But don't use that as a pretext to go start a business because you are running away from something. And in my experience, people who run away from something are unlikely to last in entrepreneurship. And that's because of a very simple reason. Entrepreneurship is harder than any job you would ever have. That is the plain truth, uncoated, unsugared. Entrepreneurship is harder than any job you will ever have. So if you're running away from your job because you hate that job, I can guarantee you that when you come face to face with the disappointments, with the obstacles, with the challenges and problems of starting and building a business, you're going to run away from that too. So if you are a runner or you're running away from your job because you hate it, then the last thing you really should think about is going to start a business. Rather, focus your energy on finding another job that you love. So entrepreneurship is something that you have to be all in to make it work. And entrepreneurship is driven by purpose and vision. If you do not have a purpose you are running toward, you don't have a vision that you're running toward, then it's unlikely you're going to last. So there's a common question I always ask my students uh, and clients, you know, who are trying to make this transition. I ask them, what are you hungry for or angry at? And I say this because these are the two most dependable emotions. These are the two strongest emotions that help you last in the game as an entrepreneur. What are you hungry for or what are you angry at? You could be hungry for a vision, for the for a, a picture of the world you see in your head for the kind of transformation revolution that your product or service can cause for the kind of person you will become when you achieve that dream maybe you need to be hungry for something it could be for a, a vision of the future it could be an idea for a product or a service something that gives you sleepless nights something that you know more or less continues to knock on the door of your heart what are you hungry for if you are hungry for something, then you're going to run toward that thing you're hungry for. You're not going to be satisfied until you achieve that thing you're looking for. You're going to go through obstacles. You're going to go through valleys and mountains. You're going to go through um, hot and cold times. You're going to break through doors. That's how motivated a hungry person is. When you want something, no matter the odds, you are going to do your very best to get it. Now, that's the spirit of entrepreneurship. If you are not hungry for something, then you have to be angry at something. So what are you angry at? Are you angry at a certain problem, at a certain need, at the state of uh, society or the environment or the way things are currently done now and you feel it can be better, you can be better, we can be better. There has to be a better way to do this. So you're just angry at the current state and that's your motivation for wanting to change what is now because you think you can create something better. Anger is another very strong emotion that can push you through entrepreneurship. And when you're angry at something, you don't stop. You keep going after what you have in mind, just so, just so that you can satisfy that, that anger. So what are you hungry for or angry at? People who are hungry for something and people who are angry at something are focused on it. They are focused on it. They are going after it. They are running after it. The job doesn't matter. You know, this is like a risk for them. They need to get that thing. So those are the kinds of people who do well in entrepreneurship. But those people who are running away from a job because they don't like the salary, they don't like their boss, they don't like the work, the work hours are not favorable, they are not family friendly, all those excuses you give, or the, the office is very far away, I can't work on my own terms. If you hate your job, 
go get another job. But if you're going to use that as an excuse for starting a business, I can tell you for free that your chances of succeeding in business will be very slim because entrepreneurship is harder, much, much harder than any job you will ever have. The second thing you must do, and this is very important, is to start before you leave. And this is a common mistake people make. You quit your job to then go think of the business you start. That is a recipe for failure. Now, what you should do is, while you are at the job, you need to start something and you need to validate your business. So what I mean by validation is that you need to look for evidence of potential before you leave. There needs to be something in that business that's showing you that this thing has potential. It could be that your customer numbers are rising. It could be that the business is putting so much pressure on your main job. For some people, they start to make more money from the side business than they're making at their, at their main job. So for them, it's a no-brainer. They know they have to quit. For many other people, the business may not be making enough money yet to to uh, compensate or override your, your, your main job. But what it starts to show you is that if I can put in more effort into this business, I could actually make more. So when you look at the kind of effort you're putting in now, and you're seeing the kind of results you're getting, or you're seeing the kind of feedback you're getting from the market, from, you know, so these are going to be the signs of potential that, you know, if I'm giving this just 20% of my time and it's giving me this kind of results, imagine what's going to happen when I go full time into this. So that's very important. And the reason, another reason why you need to start before you leave is that by the time you leave, your focus needs to be on execution. You can't quit your job to go and start dreaming about the business you want to start and then looking for ideas. It takes a lot of time before you settle on the right idea for you. So that is something you can do while you have the job. While you're at the job and you know, you're thinking of you can't wait to quit the job to go start your business, that is the time that should be the motivation for you to start looking for a business idea, a business opportunity you can exploit, and then starting something to test if that idea has potential. Because it's the it's the signs you get from that job. There's the signs you get from that business that would give you the confidence to quit your job. But you don't quit your job to then go look for a business to start. Another reason why this is important is that um, I teach my students that there is this thing called a valley of death. Now, when you start a business, you know, there's a lot of excitement, your motivation is high, maybe you have some capital stored down, you know, for this business. But something interesting happens in the months following um, the, the time when you start a business. The costs of running the business are more than the money, are, are, more, than the, um, are more than the income coming into the business. So essentially, you're spending more money than you're making, and it's natural. You're a new business, you have a new product, a new service, people don't really know you, you know, so you have low market awareness, so you're not making as much sales, but you're still incurring costs, you have to pay salaries, you have to pay rent, you have to take in other costs, utilities and, and transportation and all of that. So it's a natural process, that's why I call it a value of death. If you are able to survive the value of death, then you get to a point where the amount of money you're making from sales is enough to cover your expenses. So at that point, the business is profitable. At that point, the business is sustainable. So while you are in the value of death, the good thing that your job can do for you is that your job can help you buy time and get some precious capital because the salary you earn on that job is also a vital source of income 
for uh, is also a vital source of capital for your young business. So while you're waiting out the value of death, you could actually be in a job and be earning an income, earning a salary while you're waiting to get out of the value of death. So that's a smarter way to do it than to just quit in a hurry and, you know, go, go jump into this business and put more burden on the business. Because since you don't have a job anymore, and of course you have bills, you have a family to take care of, you're going to put extra burden on the business. But if you have a job that is providing some level of income, that will reduce the burden you have on this small business. And don't forget, a small business is like a baby. You know, at that early age, they need a lot of a lot of care and attention. You have to feed them. You have to change their diapers. You have to bathe them, uh, brush their teeth and all that. But the goal is that by taking care of this young business, at a time it becomes independent and starts to take care of you. So you do not crush the business while it's still a baby because you expect the business to pay your salary. You know, you can't compare your new business to your job. There's no way that new business can start can replace your salary all of a sudden. But if you're patient and you give it the time and attention that the business deserves, one day is going to compensate you for your salary and even pay you much more than, than the salary. So that's the second thing you must make sure you do before you quit your job. Start the business before you actually leave. The third thing you must do before you quit your job to go start or build a business is to keep in mind that it will take longer than you think. So there's this thing I talk about, which is the entrepreneur optimism. I have never seen an entrepreneur who is not optimistic. That's, that's one key strength we have, and it's also the key weakness that entrepreneurs have. Optimism is our biggest strength and our biggest weakness at the same time. And that's because when you're about to quit your job, you're, maybe you think within the next six months, your business should be able to replace your salary. Within the next six months, your business should be able to make enough money to look after you and, you know, more or less be, be your business becomes profitable and, and successful. Now, that's your expectation and your expectation is driven by your optimism. But there's this other thing called reality that doesn't really care about what you think or what you expect or how optimistic you are. Life is going to happen the way it wants to happen. It doesn't give a damn about you. So it's important to understand this balance between your expectations and reality. So you cannot bend reality to your expectations. What you really have to do is bend your expectations to reality. And in my experience, and also watching um, dozens of other people who have made this transition, if you think it's going to take six months, it's going to be two or three times that time. I think it's going to take one year. It may likely take two years. If you think it's going to take two years, it, might, it may likely be more than that before things stabilize. So it is guaranteed that it will likely take longer than you think. So knowing this, one important thing you need to keep in mind is if you have some savings or some money set aside to help you during the transition period, it's important to conserve that money. You cannot spend that money as if you still have a salary coming in because that's whole salary mentality is still going to keep playing a part. So you, you cannot spend like you still have your job. You have to conserve it because it's a marathon. You don't exactly know when it will end. So it's in your best interest to make your savings go as far as they can. You need to cut some costs. You need to make sacrifices. You need to delay gratification in some areas of your life. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Will you, is it likely you will not like it? Yes. But if, you, if your dream and your vision 
is worth it, then you have to do whatever it takes. Because the longer you can last, it, it's like a car with gas or petrol in it. The longer you are able to conserve the petrol in the tank, the farther you can go with that car. But no matter how beautiful the car is, doesn't matter if it's a Rolls Royce or a Cadillac or whatever, if it doesn't have fuel in the tank, then it's useless. So the goal for you is to conserve your, the money that you have because you really don't know when the tide is going to turn. And another important thing to keep in mind is that you, you know, your faith in yourself, your faith in your business, and your faith in your decision to quit your job will be tested. There will come times when you ask yourself, was I crazy to quit the job? Was I crazy to give up a stable and secure salary for this thing? You know, you're going to, there will be situations where you doubt yourself. And these things are very normal because you are out of your comfort zone, especially if you've never started a business before. Starting a business will be clearly out of your comfort zone. So when you are doing something you've never done before, you're very likely going to make mistakes. You're going to have doubts. You'll be afraid of failure. You'll be tormented by it. You're going to miss your comfort zone. You know, your comfort zone was when at the end of the month, you were guaranteed to get a certain amount of money. But these days it's not happening anymore. You know, so you are going to, your faith is going to be tested. Like I said, your faith in yourself is going to be tested. Your faith in that business idea or that business you're starting is going to be tested. And your faith in your decision to quit will also be tested. This is guaranteed. The fourth important thing you must do before you quit your job is to realize another thing. And that is your plan may not go according to plan. Now, now unlike in a corporate environment where most things are certain and predictable and defined, you know how much money you're going to get at the end of the month. You know how much your allowances and bonuses are. Most things are certain. In the realm of entrepreneurship, especially in startup life, where you are starting a business or doing something you've never done before, whatever plan you have, whatever business plan you have or whatever, will likely not go according to plan. So I see a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to perfect their business plan. Now, just think about it for a moment. What you're trying to do is you're trying to craft the future. You're trying to create a version of the future. Now, if you're going to try to do that, you need to accept a level of humility that you're trying to almost do the impossible because you really cannot change the future. You know, of course, in some certain respects, but trying to bend the future to your business plan may actually never go according to plan. So knowing this, you need to be flexible and willing to pivot because some things may not go according to plan. The market you thought you were going to target may end up not being the right market for you. The product you thought you were going to develop and sell, you may end up realizing that that is really not what people want. You need to tweak the product, change the product, or look at an entirely new product. Your business model may not be the thing that you expected it to be. You know, you would have to change. So many people I see, um, and many people who've made that transition and who are, doing a, who are running a business right now that is doing well, go and ask many of them. I can guarantee they will tell you that the business they are running now looks nothing like the business that was in their business plan or the business they thought they were quitting their job to, come, to, to go start. That's because things are going to change. But what you need to do, like I just said, is to be flexible and willing to pivot. The worst thing you can do to yourself is to be obstinate, to be stubborn, 
to be rigid and inflexible, to insist that reality will bend to your will. That would never happen. So it's very, very important to understand that things will change and your plan will, may never go according to plan. And another good thing to have in mind, because, you know, making the transition from entrepreneur, from employment to entrepreneurship is as much a mindset thing as it is about the mechanics of starting a business. Uh, the mechanics will be things about sales, um, startup strategy, building a team and things like that. But it's also about mindset because you're going to confront yourself. That's what this is going to do. This journey is going to introduce you to yourself. So one thing to keep in mind is that frustration is a good thing. So when you're making that, when you're making the transition, realize that frustration is a good thing. Because when you are frustrated, you, ha you have to think about how to get out of situations. When you are disappointed, maybe the sales are not meeting the numbers you thought they would meet. Maybe your fundraising efforts are not working out. You're, you're not raising the money you thought you were going to raise at this time, and your business is running out of money. Maybe it could be that the reaction of the market is not as favorable as you thought it was going to be. All of these things are going to hit you with frustration. You're going to feel disappointed. But in that moment, remember that it's a good thing. Because the moment you are uncomfortable, your mind is going to set to work and start thinking of ideas, strategies, plans, tactics, things you can do to save you and get you out of that situation. And one common thing you will notice is that you have a skill gap. There is something you need to be able to do that you can't do. Or maybe you have a knowledge gap. There is something you need to build this business or start this business that you don't have. So realizing that you have that gap and knowing that you have to close it is very important because some people come in with the impression that you know, since you're now your own boss, you can do anything you want. You only do what you want to do. Now, let me break it to you. It's very, very likely that you're going to do some things that you don't want to do, but you have to do them. So, for example, if you find that you are not good at sales, you have a product, but you don't know how to sell it, you have to go learn that skill. It's almost impossible to succeed in any business without understanding how to sell. You're selling to customers, you sell to employees so you can hire them, you sell to investors so you can get their money, you sell to suppliers and distributors so they can do business with you. So it's almost it's practically impossible to succeed in business if you don't know how to sell. It's also impossible to succeed in business if you don't understand strategy. You're going to be wasting time running around several different things. It's also going to be impossible for you to succeed in business if you don't know how to work with others, build a team. That means the whole business will be will burden you. You'll be overwhelmed by the business because you're the one running everything. So there are skill gaps you need to close if you're going to succeed in business. And when you don't have those skills, you're going to feel frustrated because you have a problem, but you don't know how to solve it. So that's why you need to more or less focus on the things that you don't have, understanding why you need them, and then go get them. And then the fifth thing you must do before you create a business to go, uh, before you create your job to go start a business or build a business, is that you and you alone are ultimately responsible for what happens. The decision you're about to take, the journey you're about to embark on, you are ultimately responsible for what happens. And I say this as somebody who made that decision. I say this, uh, I say this as somebody who has seen other people make that decision and that transition. And this is one thing I know that separates them from many of the other people for whom this journey doesn't work. You are ultimately responsible, no matter what happens. You cannot blame your former job. 
After all, if the job was favorable, I would have stayed at the job. You know, it's because I had a terrible boss. I had a bad boss. My boss is the reason why I quit my job to, to then start this business. Now, the business is not working out for me. You cannot blame your old job. You cannot blame your old boss. You cannot blame the government. Say, after all, if, if, the, if, the government were, if the government was doing its job, you know, my business would be flourishing. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the economy. After all, if I didn't quit my job during a recession, my business would be doing very well. No, you, you cannot blame the economy. You cannot blame your parents. After all, if they sponsored me uh, to take a better course in university, maybe if I studied um, uh, medicine or engineering or law, you know, I, I, maybe I, I wouldn't need to end up in that dead-end job. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame anybody. You can't blame anybody. And that's because you bear ultimate responsibility. It's your decision. You can't be making this decision because of somebody or for somebody. You can't make this decision for your spouse, for your children, for your parents, or for anybody. You are making the decision for yourself. If you are going to quit your job to go focus on your business, it is your decision, 101%. You are responsible for your success or your failure. So you are the one in the driver's seat. You can never look back and say, uh, and, and point fingers. That's not how it works. You can point fingers in a company where you can point at your boss or point at your colleague or point at somebody else. That works in the corporate environment. You, you can afford the, the finger pointing. But in entrepreneurship, it's totally different, especially if you're a startup. You cannot afford to point, to, to point fingers at anybody else. The only person you can point a finger at is yourself. You bear ultimate responsibility. So that's why that decision is important. It is your decision. It's not a decision for any other person. And you can imagine the difference between people who bear ultimate responsibility for their decision and how they are able to persevere even in hard times. Those people are able to, to persevere much more than people who just spend their time blaming other people for why their new business is not working. So I'm giving you this now as a heads up. Nobody is coming to save you. You, you. you get into trouble with launching your product, trying to find customers, trying to keep customers, trying to find suppliers, distributors, trying to raise money. Nobody is coming for you. Nobody is coming to save you. Only you can save yourself. So if there's a skill you need, if there's a knowledge that you need to have, if there are relationships you have to build, if you need to put in more time and hustle, if you need to work weekends, work holidays, work midnights, whatever you have to do, it's on you. You are ultimately responsible for how this thing goes. You're ultimately responsible for the success of it, and you also have to own the failure if that happens. And it's impossible to succeed if you do not have, if you do not have personal responsibility. If you don't own your failures, you cannot learn from them. If you blame other people for your failures, then it's impossible to learn from the failure. After all, the failure was caused by other people. So there's nothing to learn. So the only way you can learn from failure is to take responsibility. The reason why this thing is not working is because of me. So why exactly, what am I doing wrong? What am I not getting? What do I need? Who do I need to know? What do I need to have? That's how you make progress because you're going to meet a series of setbacks, disappointments, challenges, failures, before you actually get that success that you're looking for. So what it means is that there is a certain kind of person who needs to be in this kind of game. This is somebody who is focused on what they are building. They do not have the time or the leisure to blame other people. 
They are taking personal responsibility. That is the only way you can go through this. So let's, at this point in the episode, let's recap. I started this episode by talking about the growing wave of entrepreneurship that is sweeping across the world. And I gave you my three big reasons for why this is happening. Uh, Jobs are no longer guaranteed. Jobs are no longer as secure as they used to be. um, Nobody can really guarantee you a job forever. Big companies are shedding jobs. Small companies are shedding jobs. So there's really no single way to, to, more or less, um, to, to more or less be safe, except you want to go work for the government. But then again, too, all it takes is some politician coming in or something. And then so jobs are really not guaranteed. The second is that there is a greater need for income security. Most jobs don't pay a salary that really takes people home. You need to supplement your income. This is the reason why a lot of people are now looking for side hustles and side businesses to support their income. So the prices of goods and services, the cost of living is rising, but wages and salaries are almost at the same at the same level or they are not even growing at the same rate to match up with the the growth in the in the cost of of living. And then the third reason is that there is this desire to explore your own path. If you think you can be more, you can do more, you can give more. There is nothing else. There is no other endeavor or path that gives you the opportunity to do that than entrepreneurship. So But then if you've come to the point where you are mulling the decision to quit your job and focus on that business, I talked about the five important things you need to focus on. The first is to make sure you're running towards something and not running away from something. If you're running away from something, you will always keep running. If you're running away from your job because you hate it, my personal advice is go find another job that you like. Entrepreneurs, our biggest strength is our optimism. Our biggest weakness is also our optimism. But then you need to measure your expectations and your optimism with reality. You know, so you you cannot expect reality to bend to your will. Actually, it's the other way around. The fourth thing I talked about is that your plan may not go according to plan. So rather than spending all your time crafting a perfect and robust business plan, what you should really prepare yourself is to have the mindset and the mentality to be flexible, you know, to be willing to pivot because some things will not go according to plan. Your sales projections may not go according to plan. Your product may not be exactly what the market wants. Your business model will change. You may even have to focus on the different markets. And then I, the last and important thing I mentioned is that you are ultimately responsible for what happens. You can't blame anybody. And nobody's coming to save you. Only you can save you. That's the way this road works. Those are the rules of the game. So... At this point in the episode, there are four important things I need you to consider. The very first is to join the insiders. Now, this is very important because the insiders is a community of entrepreneurs who are building businesses in very different industries. Our members are in more than 20 countries. And what that does is you have access to a community where you can get coaching, you can get access to advanced business courses. We have courses on sales, on how to raise money and be investment ready, on how to build a team, how to build business systems, how to choose between business ideas, how to discover business opportunities, the whole range. So rather than go through that turmoil on your own, you have access to a community of people where you can learn from other people's experiences, you can collaborate on business opportunities, you can network with other people. And I I can't imagine anything more fantastic than than it because of the kind of feedback we get from from our members. So what that does for you is that rather than walk the lonely journey of 
starting the business by yourself. By the time you more or less belong to a community of people who have been there before, it gives you much more confidence. You start to realize that you're not crazy. All these things you're thinking in your head, you're, you're not a crazy person. There are actually people who have done things like that and they've actually succeeded. So that is the opportunity that the insiders presents. Whether you're trying to start a business, trying to grow a business, trying to turn around a business, you get access to coaching, advanced training, networking, collaboration, access to exclusive deals and opportunities. So that's really something you need to consider. And to learn more about the insiders, check us out at smallstarter.com insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com insiders. The second thing I need you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. Do you know somebody who is mulling the idea of quitting their job to go focus on their business or somebody who has plans to start a business at some time? This is free information. This is helpful information from hindsight and that also comes with the benefit of a lot of experience. So if you know somebody like that, share this podcast with them. Tell them about the Small Starter Business Podcast. Let them head over to smallstarter.com slash podcast and listen to an episode like this so that it gives them more confidence. They start to realize they have more or less. I can, I can save you mistakes. I can save you based on the things I've shared with you here. I can save you regrets because you're more likely to be realistic than approach this thing through rose uh, uh, spectacles um, eyes. So it's very important. And then the third thing is to subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. If you like what you hear, you've been trying to say thank you, you want to give us a pat on the back, this is the way to do it. It's smallstarter.com slash review. Smallstarter.com slash review. There you can leave us a five-star review. And then I, I need to talk again about, uh, I need to mention this again. Um, there's no point doing this by trial and error. The reason we created the insiders community is to bring entrepreneurs together because we can do more and be more if we are helping each other, if we're looking out for each other, if the experienced people share their experience with the, with the not so experienced people, we, you can move a lot farther. Entrepreneurship is a lonely journey where you're just trying to work alone on your ideas and all that, but you'd be amazed at how far and how fast you can move when you have the benefits and the support of a community of people who are just like you. They are dreamers like you. They are visionaries like you. They are trying to build something in the future. They are, some of them are hungry for something. Some of them are angry at something. And it's fantastic when you belong to a community of people who are moving in the same direction toward the future. So again, to learn more about the insiders community, check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. smallstarter.com slash insider. So until the very next episode, stay safe and make sure that whatever it is you do, you're always taking personal responsibility. Take care. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.